And the church of the living God said, Amen. Wonderful to be in the house of God this morning. God bless you all. Why don't you have your seats if you don't mind. I know when I say that, you know there's some announcements coming. Nice to see everybody here. Smiling. It's a good sign. If you're frowning, I'll have Brother Tim preach. <laughs> Brother John preach. <laughs> All is well. Amen. Praise the Lord. I'm in that number getting ready to leave. Amen. Just think about it. Nobody else has got this revelation. Like what we've got, and that should be something very exciting to us all. I have a number uh, of announcements and some have been made this morning and uh, Sister Laverne, nobody is going to fill that spot. Nobody. And uh, we love you. We love your life in Christ, your testimony. And I started thinking about it. Raymond Butler is your brother. That's why you're so tough. I started to think my sister had to put up with me. What did you have to put up with? That's made you strong. And we, we just appreciate it. We will miss you. You are our, our family. And I know you're going for your family. And um, one great day we'll be around the throne together, Sister Laverne. We will miss you coming up where we've prayed often over the years. Can you pray for my family? And we will be remembering you and your family. Whenever we think of you, Sister Laverne, it's always fond memories. And God bless you. You've been a blessing to the church for these so many years. And um, I don't know how come we're letting you go, but we're letting you go. <laughs> because you feel led of the Lord, as we were speaking the other night. If you didn't feel that, we'd just start nailing down some nails on those shoes of yours. <laughs> So God bless you. Remember us. And as you used to fly out to see your family, come out and fly out and come see your family. We'd love to see you. Brother Frank, you are the youngest. How old did they tell me? 92. Please stand up. I want you to look at the youngest 92-year-old. <laughs> Amen. If the Lord should tarry, and God forbid, and I'm 92, I hope I look as good as you. God bless you, Brother Frank. We've loved you. Also, you've had many of us around your table. You've blessed the saints. And may God bless you in this special time and season of your life. May you prosper in health. And may the revelation of God's word be with you. One of our soldiers is in the hospital, Brother Sterling Mansfield. Sitting, he used to sit right. Victoria's stealing a spot already. He's hearing this, so that's okay. So he'll just say, move over, okay? So uh, infection, infection in the lungs and in the blood. It's just one of those devils. We just bound it last night, and we're going to keep on believing for Brother Sterling. So as he hears this, we want to say, God bless you, Brother Sterling. Brother Timothy Pruitt will be here, arriving on Tuesday, and speaking to the local assembly on Wednesday night, which is a nice treat. Uh, not just the young people get to be blessed, the whole assembly gets to be blessed. And he's bringing his whole family. 
Well, if that says something, that says something. A senior camping is bringing his whole family. So he has to get the uh, right of way. And we gave him the check. Bring your family. And we're happy to have Brother Timothy, Brother Tim Pruitt's senior son. He's uh, been here before. He's blessed us. And I'm sure we'll have a, a wonderful set of meetings at the camp. Next Sunday morning, this church will be open for those that cannot get across the border. Brother Murphy Wong will be here because Brother Ron Spencer will be flying in. And uh, he'll, after the service, be leaving to pick up Brother Ron because uh, we'll be meeting together to uh, fly to China and have some meetings in China. So you'll have to remember that after camp. And we're going to ring him out. May he not be listening this morning. <laughs> I'm loving it. I'm loving it. Murphy has never had any mercy on me. And he, are you shaking that window yet, Murphy? So, uh, brother, we feel privileged to have Brother Ron Spencer with us this time. And be nice uh, um, to have Brother uh, Ron and myself and Brother Murphy. And uh, we'll all be back around the 23rd. And Brother Murphy will be back March 6th. So just keep on praying for us for those meetings, if you don't mind. Brother John Andes and Brother Michael Ray will be taking in charge of the, of the camp this year. And uh, I'm looking forward to that. And it'll be something very special, I'm sure. And um, that will be a little bit of a change up, but that's a good change. And the church said, Amen. Amen. And uh, I'm looking forward to hearing good and great reports. Jariah Lou, where are you? You're somewhere around here. Stand up, please. This is Jariah Lou, I want, you, I want everybody to get that. We've had a... Thank you, Jariah. Thank you for standing. Uh, we wanted to make a formal announcement. Jo, he was known for, uh, formally as Josh. Does anybody remember that name? Sure. Well, that's why I'm making it formal today. And I just want you to help understand this little situation. When you come from another country and you're trying to find a name that you want a name to be identified with... And sometimes, you know, you can't just maybe feel that you hit the mark and, you know, hey, you're landing in Canada. Well, you know, then Tom seems good. <laughs> Apparently not. But, uh, and so it, it, it was something that, you know, you live with because that's what you're, this is what you're going to be identified with. But as, you know, we're spiritual people. And we want to be identified with a name that has meaning. We have so many bapti um, baptism, dedications, and, and, and the way a parent struggles to get a name for their child. And so, uh, Jariah has, has prayed about it. And this is what he wants. And Brother Jariah, we are going to recognize that. And we love your, your dad. We love his, his ministry and what he's done for the gospel in China. He means a lot to us. You mean a lot to us. So if that means something for you, we want you to know this is, this is, this is the way that it is. And, and um, you know, I, I, my dad had a, a Scottish friend that I grew, I grew up with. 
And it used to bug me. That, you know, you know, the old days, they used to have a hat, you know, and an overcoat to come through the door, and you take it off. And, of course, you know, being parents, my mom and dad, we would all stand there like, you know, little soldiers, and we'd shake their hand, look them in the eye, and say, nice to have you here. And, and, uh, and he would say, Tammy, you're looking good. <laughs> Tammy. Isn't that a girl's name? But all my life I was called Tammy. And uh, he's gone now. (laughs) So, you know, to my mom, mom's gone now. You know, I was Tommy. I said, Mom, I want to be Tom. I really. But there's only a couple of people call me Tommy. But mom was one of them. And so this became something that... um, Jerry uh, would wish to, that we acknowledge as a church this is uh, serious, and I don't want it mocked. I don't want it at, looked at anything different. This is uh, this is means something, so that's why we're just taking this time. So God bless you, Jerry. Nice to have you here, at Cloverdale Bible Way. Amen. It's been a, a wonderful young man. Sunday morning service next Sunday will be 10 a.m. And lunch at the camp. All that can make it to the camp. And you're all invited to to the camp. Lunch will be made available for each and every one. Um, Arrival for campers is Thursday, February 8th at 5 o'clock. And now I'm into the rental agreements here. If, If you're renting equipment, we need the rental forms by Wednesday. Uh, any mi- minors must have the rental form signed by their parents. Counselors meeting in the chapel immediately after the service. And I want to say something for the counselors. God bless you. Uh, every year, uh, different ones have we've been needed to have counselors and to be at, in the cabins with our young people. A lot of times somebody said to me one time, it's babysitting. I said it was the best babysitting I'd ever have. And I, I, you know, the best thing for any cabin is to turn it spiritual. And what God did in a meeting or how the testimony started or something that could be done of eternal value. It's quick. You arrive Thursday, Thursday night service. Friday you're on the mountain. Uh, Friday night service, Saturday morning service, Saturday night service, Sunday morning service. And then it's all over. And uh, you'll have a wonderful time. You'll have a wonderful time. I'm going to get melancholy. I'll be away, so that's why I won't be there. So God bless the saints that gather at the camp. And I think I've covered it all. Good morning. Good morning. Are you excited? It's 10.30. Isn't that, what did I say? 10. Did I? They'd be early. Oh, man. That's okay. Ten, sorry. 10.30 Sunday morning, both here and at the campgrounds. There we go. So, God bless you. Let's turn. Let's get our Bibles. We have a number of... Brother Michael, thank you for your prayer. Of course, you know, half the time we don't know who is ministering. Most of the time I am on a Sunday morning. And uh, goes right along with what's going to be preached. I'm going to... Um, what I have been, over the last little while, been challenge you is not taking subject preaching as such subject preaching 
Uh, we're taking, I'm, we're trying to bring the Word of God in a fashion where we start to realize really who and what we are in Christ. And we're, we're so fast, so far past the ages. We're at the end of the last age. It'd be crazy to ask Brother Joe Waldner, do you know how to put in a plug to a wall? He would look at you with that little smile that he's got on right now. He said, are you kidding me? I've been doing that for how many years? He's, he's known that. It's something, it'd be silly for me to say, do you know that? It'd almost be silly for me to ask him to do that because he's so much higher in his knowledge of what that electrical field is all about. And many times, you know, you're the bride, you're the bride. How many times do you need to be told you're the bride? Right? I mean, really, we have three services a week, most times, if not special services. I, I, you know, I, I, like I never got up this morning and said, Honey, do you know you're married to me? <laughs> she figured that out a long time ago. And uh, I don't think she's questioned it since. And uh, since I said something about marriage, I think it's 55 years for brother and sister neighbor's anniversary today. 55 years, I didn't know he was that young. <laughs> God bless you. How did, how did people stay looking so young? Everybody looks at me and they, they're guessing I'm way older, but... Back to where, we're, where we, I'd like to take you in the Word. A lot of times we do look at it and we give Brother Branham. We like say, Brother Branham, Brother Branham did this, Brother Branham did this, Brother Branham did this. But Brother Branham was trying to move a people. Trying to move a people to realize who she is in the Lord. And so I, I, I'm expecting more out of myself and expecting more out of the body of Christ. Uh, oh, well, you know, we know Malachi 4 and Luke 17:30, Revelation 10:1, Revelation 10:7, Revelation 10:8, and we go through that and we rattle that all off. And it's so much richer, deeper than all that we've just said right there. But there's a lot of times we should be moving on from there. And yet we understand in assembly this size, there's new ones, babies in Christ, and there's middle-aged and older ones like maybe myself. But we need to all move in revelation. And that's why Brother Ram said we should, we should pray for revelation more than anything else. And so we say, well, that's a comment or that's a statement made. No, no, that's a reality. Because he said the, the rapture is just one more revelation. And so it's not just hearing the preacher preach or how well he put it together or how... Uh, it's way past that. Way past that. And, and so I, I don't want to fail... I don't want to fall back and just being able to take a subject and just preach and, and everything tied up in a, in a nice little bow. I, I want to be challenging myself, challenging the assembly to, to move in to the manifestation of the sons of God real manifestation not just a statement not saying you're a manifested thought of God and we can get into the gene and the, everything we can snap all that out there but Lord would you quicken it would the thought and revelation because some of our children have heard so much it just becomes chatter 
And that's what the word that they've got today. It's just chatter. They're listening to the chatter. We don't want the chatter. We want the word to pregnate us and revelate us and that we rejoice in the opening of it. So if, uh, if you would take your Bibles, and I'd like to turn to John chapter 13. John chapter 13, we'll start reading at verse 1 to 3, please. If I ever go down by the way of the grave, or if somehow something happens dramatically in my life and I'm gone, can you do me one favor? Everybody smile. He made it. Okay, he made it. Don't ever ever be sad, okay? He made it. And do this one song for me. Down from his glory, ever living story. My God and Savior came and Jesus was his name. That is my song. All right? So, whatever, whatever that, whoever that's for, that's that. John chapter three, or 13, verse 1 to 3. John 13. Now, before the feast of the, Pas- uh, feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father, having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. And the supper being ended, the devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son to betray him. Jesus knowing that the father had given all things unto his hand and that he was come from God and went to God. I'd like you to look at that verse one more time. Jesus knowing that the father had given all things into his hand and that he was come from God And went to God. Let's pray. Father, these are wonderful, wonderful words. And Lord, we just pray, God, that you, the author of it, would now inspire the hearer of it and the speaker of it. And may, Lord, it become more than life to us, Lord. Father, we're living for an hour, Lord, that, that the, um, those throughout the ages have longed for it to take place. And they, without us, are not made perfect. So, Father, we just pray that you will speak to us. And, Father, we take that these times that are special, special times, we have put aside. And may the special one come on the scene and speak to us individually. I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may have your seats. God bless you all. Nice to see the church full. Always. Nice to see the different ones coming in and back. Holidays and different events people leave from. I'd like to take a little bit of that subject that we read from John 13 and 3, I've come from God, and I'm going back from God. 
or back to God. I've come from God. I'm going back to God. Last week we spoke on a little subject and I started it out, prefaced it by saying when I came off the plane that I was running to get down to the um, uh, immigration and there just happened to be this, this little room uh, and it's called the place of refuge. And I thought, how silly. Really, how silly that you think that's going to be my refuge. And yet we see so many people today trying to find refuges and it gives them false sense of security. And unfortunately, wherever they're running into, it's not safe. And so thus we took the scripture out of Proverbs, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and it's safe. And then I took the quote from God's only provided place of worship. And the name is in the Word, because He is the Word. Amen. What is He then? The Word interpreted is the manifestation of the name of God. A lot of people are running into places, as we said last week, and they don't know what they've run into. They've run into a church, but they surely haven't run into the manifestation of the name of God. And so who are they worshiping? Who they think they're worshiping God, they really do. They're sincere in, in doing it. Hindus are too. So are the Muslims, Buddhists, whomever. But now we're talking about the righteous. We're talking about the seed genes of God. We're talking about those that are the sons of God. And so now we're on this great, incredible journey of life. It really has been incredible. I'm looking at Ray back there. It's incredible that, you know, a man could come from Zimbabwe, could go to England, and show up in Cloverdale. <laughs> Wrong English accent. But depending, you know, is that strange? Isn't that really strange, Ellen? Speaking of England, you know, it's really strange. You know, here we got a, you know, Nathaniel Iberson from Belgium? Shoo. We have Belgians here. Huh? We have so many different nationalities represent South Africa, you know, Texas. <laughs> I didn't even realize it was a country until I was down there. They sure think Texas is a country. <laughs> I hope they don't hear this tape either. So it's such an incredible journey that God would bring us all together. You know, here we have El Salvadorians. You know, just think of the nationalities that God has just shook us all up and here we are. Oh, yeah, it's glorious. Thanks, Tim. That's exactly right. It is glorious. Incredible journey. It's wonderful. It's extraordinary. It is really extraordinary. You look around the room and we see the personality types and there's nobody in their right mind would put us together. But remember, there's the mind of God. And that is the only right mind. So then if God has put us together, who can separate us? 
in this great, great, incredible journey that we're on. You know, Abraham was on a journey. We all here know the story of Abraham and that he was a idol worshiper. I think one of the brothers preached recently, I think it was Aaron McGeary when he was here, that looked into the history and actually he was an idol maker. But what was really going on in his heart? What was really going Is there a... Come on. You're making a God? Really? Does that sound weird? You know, you put eyeballs in him and lips or whatever, however they make it. Say, you're my God. Really? So now here he is, 75 years old, and he, and he comes to this conclusion that that's not it. But really what happened, Brother Bram said, God spoke to Abraham. And so, you know, we went around in life and we did actually worship many gods. Come on, let's, let's just face it. You know, it, like when I was at Safeway and working as I was going to university, they, you know, they would say, well, I went to church yesterday. And I'm looking at them like, no, you're a reprobate. You, you don't go to church. Yes, I did. I'm watching Super Bowl. Ooh. They go to their football stadiums. It's their God. Basketball, whatever that God is, they're serving them on Sunday. So we're on it. We are on an incredible journey. It's, this is incredible. I'm just making a point here. You say, get off the point. We get it. Brother Branham said here, and it's called the, in the message, here we have no continuing city. I think when Abraham left Ur, the land of the Chaldeans, he was seeking a city whose builder and maker was God. Now there was something in Abraham that he could see the great city of Ur and knew then if there was a great city that man could make, there had to be a great city that God could make. <laughs> great! That's an awakening. Who, which would be a builder and maker was God. There was something in him that wanted to see that city. So he was bound to that city. And by instinct or by the leading of the Holy Spirit, he hunted that city whose builder and maker was God. <laughs> by instinct or by the Holy Spirit by the leading of the Spirit he hunted that city whose builder and maker was God he sojourned in a strange land professed to be a pilgrim and stranger seeking a city dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob so forth seeking a city I'd like you to, I don't know whether you picked it up, but I use the word instinct, and then Brother Bram says instinct 
leading of the Holy Spirit. I want you to remember that. Where'd that come from? And we will take, uh, take a look at a few things today. Before there was a world, Brother Bram said questions and answers, before there was a world, before there was a planet, before there was a sun, before there was a moon, before there was light, before there was anything, when it was still God, God and His thoughts, the eternal thoughts of God chose you by predestination. By foreknowledge. To know you would be on earth. And to know there would be sin. And to know there would be a one who would pay for the ransom of that sin. That's our God. So then he knew you would be here, but he knew there would be sin. So he knew there had to be a propitiation, or there had to be a price that had to be paid that no man could pay but Jesus Christ. And he paid it for you and I who were the predestinated for known of God. Praise the Lord. So now when the Messiah sign, sorry, I'm just building you up here. So now when the Messiah sign comes, now watch. When the Messiah sign identified his character. So now Messiah comes, who's going to be our ransom, who's going to be our propitiation, who's going to be the supreme sacrifice, who's going to be God dying on a cross for you and I. Think about this now. And then Brother Bram said, God had to leave the body so man could die because God couldn't die. So now, he's identifying very quickly that those that are the predestinated or the foreknown of God recognize the Messiah sign. Very important. Because many people in the days of Jesus, even though we say Jesus Christ, the Lord and Savior of our soul, we say that very readily but if we would have said that at Jesus' time, I wonder how people would have looked at you. So now it's Jesus Christ. It's the Messiah sign. He's the carpenter's son as such. He's Joseph and Mary's son. Born illegitimate as far as the world's concerned. Yet he's Messiah. We see a picture made by Hoffman and we say, that's Jesus. We only know that because somebody told us that was the picture of Jesus. But let me tell you, if Jesus was Jesus at the time of Jesus, it would take a revelation for you to know that that Jesus was Messiah. And we sit here so cozy and so nice and so readily, you know, with a, all polished up and looking so good on a Sunday morning. But they weren't so polished. Messiah had come. He walked through the dirty streets of Jerusalem, through the fields of Galilee, down to the shores. 
And somehow, some way, the elect saw Messiah. How did they see it? By instinct, or can I say by the Holy Spirit, or by the seed gene that was in them. That's what he's saying here. He said, the Messiah sign identified his character for it was God in man, the Word. See what I mean? It discerned the thoughts. It told them all things. The Word then, being identified, the elect see it. And so then, who we think is elect versus who is elect... Well, let's go to Jesus' time, and here comes the Pharisee, all dressed in his finery. Here comes the Sadducee, all dressed in their finery. Oh, those are holy men. Then here comes Peter. Here comes Philip, Andrew. Here comes the ragged bunch. And coming through, and with them is Jesus. And all of a sudden, a a woman recognizes him as Messiah. But she's had six husbands. Now, you wouldn't have thought too much of her. If somebody walked through this church right here and screamed out to you, I'm looking for Jesus. I've had six husbands and I'm looking for the seventh. What would you do? Come this way. Get your children away from her. So we're seeing that it's by God Himself that puts something in you. Nothing you did. And look at you. At best, you can't even comb your hair right. And we call it a bad hair day. Or we can't tie you, or the boys call it a bad tie day. For those that now still wears ties. And if generations should go by, we'll go by the boards, I'm sure. But there she was, predestinated, foreknown of God. She identifies Messiah. But then Brother Bram turns around under this quote in identification and says, The Word found her. (laughs) She'd come from God. She's going back to Him. And so now we start to understand it has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with God. And the Word found you. It doesn't matter what country you were in, what your background was, who your parents are. It has nothing to do with that. God found you. You say, well, I I was born into this. God knew you would be born into this. God knew you would be under the sound of this message. God knew this would be Messiah to you. God knew that. Now it's your part to identify this message is Messiah. I can't do that for you. 
The preacher can't do that for you. All we can do is present it. And the Bible, and Brother Brown go turns around and says, and the word found her. I don't care you're from China, Thailand, Japan, Canada, U.S., South America. It doesn't matter. God finds His own. Praise the Lord. And there's something in us that when we see it, nothing can shake us from it. I'm sorry, folks. This isn't church. This isn't just church to me. When Messiah came my way and I saw Messiah, when I read that message, I see Messiah. When I read my Bible, I see Messiah. And when this message came by your way, or this word, or this, the manifestation of the name of God came by your way, something happened. For some, they learned it. As Brother Bram said in Future Home, the priest learned the message. There are people that learn serpent seed, or learn Godhead, or they learn it. <clears throat> But I love the predestinated plan of God. The seed gene don't learn nothing. We are quickened. Or we are revelated. And nothing. And the gates of hell. Cannot prevail against that revelation. That's why I say you could all leave. I can't. I'm a prisoner. Paul, a prisoner of Christ. Tom, a prisoner of Christ. And so that has to be your revelation. Go ahead and go. The preacher invites you to leave. Are you kidding me? What kind of church do you got anyway? More people are saying, come on in, come on in. But you actually have preachers that say, get out, get out. You can't. You just can't. So, still foundation. Still with me. So the word found her. I love how Brother Bram said, the word first flashed. <laughs> the word flashed. And she got it. Millions were missing it, but she never missed it. Millions missed this message. And they were not seeing God coming down in the meeting. Don't get quiet. We're going to get heavier than that. So when the word flashed by it, she got it. She got it. And that's why we preach. We have camps so they, the word flashes. Once you get it, you know, I, I, always, I always love camp. I always see the front row. Michael, nice to have you back. Great pictures. I didn't know you were a photographer. You're not. Start being one. You found your gift. Marvelous, marvelous. Thank you so much. Where was I? Which? The word flash. So it doesn't matter what kind of a person you are, what background you had, 
where you're from. So you have camps. You're waiting for the word flash. And then all of a sudden, you know, people, come, oh, they're all excited in the excitement of camp. And they're on the front row. And I just, I, just, I just watch. Okay, my calendar on my watch says they'll be in the back row in about three weeks. Hmm? It was excitement. It wasn't a flash. Mm-hmm. No. No, sir. No, sir. When the word flashed, she got it, Brother Brown said. She got it. Amen. She got it when the word flashed. She is one of God's thoughts. I want you to get that, saints. She is one of God's thoughts. I've come from God. I go back to God. Because the only way you could be eternal is to always have been in the thought of God. And so the Word found her. The Word was finding His thoughts. Now she didn't get that, but one day when we get over there, she'll know all of that we're talking about anyways, but it would be nice for us to preach to her. Do you know what happened to you? You were a predestined thought before the foundation of the world. You got your life all messed up. Satan tried to ruin you. But you were always in God's thoughts. So then Jesus came. Messiah come. And Messiah comes to find his thoughts. Amen. And once he finds you, he'll never lose you. That's why we said last week in in Ephesians 1 and 4, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy without blame before him in love. Do you believe that? This is like class this morning. Class. Do you believe that? That you are actually without blame? Shannon, you're without blame? Everything that you did, you didn't really do it. Hallelujah. Amen. It's gone in the sea of God's forgetfulness. It's under the blood. Chosen in Him. He came to die for you. To redeem you and call you blameless. Mm. Hallelujah. So then John 15 and 16 says, You have not chosen me. So we know that now. Because scripture has said it. Ephesians has said it. John 15 and 16 says, You've not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you, that you should bring forth fruit, and that your fruit shall remain. And whatsoever you ask of the Father. Well, are we coming down to that time, Brother Tom? Not only are we coming down to that time, we are in that time. You have not chosen me, but I've chosen you in this bride tree age. And your fruit shall remain. No locust, no caterpillar, no devil, no spirit is going to take away your fruit. Amen. Bride tree time. 
It's time now to take the seed of the bridegroom tree. Mature time. And that your fruit shall remain. And then whatsoever you ask. Now, Ben, here you are. Third row. Plays many times around the piano. Okay. How old are you, Ben? 24. And in your 24-year-oldness, you have desires. True. And in those desires, A, they can be desires of Ben, or they can be the desires of Ben and God. Because Ben only wants to do the will of the Father. So then, if we being sons of God in mature age time, bride tree time, seed time, then we only want to ask what we are, as he said in the token. We'll only ask what we are. The Word. So then ask anything in my name believing. You shall have what you ask. Now we're putting it, coming down. We're coming down because now we're coming to maturity here. So then John 10 says, My Father hath gave them me, is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Ah, but it doesn't stop there. John 10:27 says my sheep hear my voice I know them they follow me and I give them eternal life and they will never perish Okay this is now devil time Tell the devil I can never perish He's on your case every day, every moment, every week, every month. Says you're not going to make it. No, well, just a second. I like John 10, as a matter of fact. My sheep hear my voice, and a stranger they shall not follow. The Word found me, and it flashed. And when it flashed, he said, not once shall be plucked from my hand. Not once does he say it, he says it twice. He says, I give you eternal life, and you cannot perish. Is that the Bible? It's all Bible. I'm just reading Bible this morning. It's Bible right now. It's Bible. So the Bible goes on to say this then. In 1 Corinthians 13 and 9, For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. And when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child, I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now, we see through a glass darkly, but then, face to face, Now I know in part, but then shall I know, even as also I am known. I want you to say this day, this day, this scripture is fulfilled. This is our day. This is our day that Paul was penning down. So let me read you the Greek. For we know as we look then in a mirror. 
And we see it as though dim or blur. Reflection. And it's a riddle. Because in those days they didn't have mirrors as we had mirrors. They had fine polished metal. And they you looked at, you could see yourself sort of, you know, how wavy, you know, whatever. So you're a, a riddle or an enigma. But then when perfection comes. So God had to bring a perfect word at this age to bring a perfect face. So then when perfection comes, we will really see in reality. Come on. You're not going to see it like in a wave form or not quite clear form or you won't see your poor form. But now you're seeing everything. You see yourself in reality face to face or face to face means or in his presence. In his person. Oh, we're really getting down to it. Now I know in part imperfectly, but then I shall know and understand fully and clearly. That's why we're preaching. Even the same manner that I was fully and clearly known and understood or known by God. (coughs) Excuse me. (coughs) The word came, became flesh, 1954. Powerful. Powerful message, 1954. I was uh, five months old. And every word in the Bible is God's thoughts laying in seed form. That if received into the human being and spoke by the same thought that materialize the Bible brings that thing to pass see what I mean how powerful could the church be let this mind that was in Christ be in you as a man thinketh in his heart so is he letting a human being now receiving that same seed What did it do to Mary when she received that same seed? It brought forth what? Christ. And you know, that took a huge measure of faith for Mary to say, Let it be unto me according to thy word. No, I have not known a man. The Bible says in Luke one thirty-five, And the angel said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon you, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And Mary said, Behold, the handmaiden of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. Look what it did when she let that seed word go through her. Jesus Christ, Brother Ram said, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. His word to me is life. 
He is here now. Do you believe that? Question. I know He is here. Okay. And the only thing you have to do to know He's here is get yourself out of the way. (laughs) Is He the same yesterday, today, and forever? Then if the prophet said, He's here... Then can I say he's here? Is he the same yesterday, today, and forever? Is God here? Is he amongst his people? He said the only thing you have to do to know he's here is to get yourself out of the way. As long as you're in the way, God can't do nothing for you. So I wonder how we should be approaching the word. I wonder how we should be approaching then what is being said. How should we be taking a hold of what's being spoken? Powerful. These are powerful thoughts. These are the thoughts of God coming to us. Receiving that same word, seed, form. Receiving it into the human being. Spoken the same way through it will materialize. It will materialize the word or the Bible. I want to ask you, where is the word? You say, it's in me. Then let's receive the word. The only thing you have to do to know he's here is get yourself out of the way. As long as you're in the way, then God can't do nothing for you. When you think your thoughts, then God's thoughts don't have a chance. Might as well pen that one down and write it right down. Because that's exactly the greatest battle ever Fought. As long, brethren, God can't do nothing for you when you think your thoughts, then God's thoughts don't have a chance. But if you will quit thinking your thoughts, think his thoughts. My thoughts is not your thoughts, he said. If there be any praise, if there be any virtue, think on these things. Not what some church is going to say about it, but what did God say about it? Think God's thoughts. Now you talk about God now vindicating. Now here, here he is saying that these are, big, these are big things. These are big things being spoken. I'd like to, I'd like, I looked on our, the array of ministries that are now being per, pushed forward today on the scene today. Sad, sadness. Just sad what people are trying to feed from. It's just sadness. And now we have a prophet come in this generation. 
And now he's standing there and he's saying, think God's thoughts. If you can just get your thoughts out of the way, God doesn't have a chance with your thoughts. Think his thoughts. Little lady laying there, shaking in the cot. That woman is going to lay like that all her life unless she can get her faith set right on Jesus. No matter what comes or goes, it be revealed to her, then there's nothing going to stop that healing. That's right. It depends on what you're thinking about. Amen. So now we have people that come into church, people have needs, people have burdens. But half the time, where's your thinking? I wonder if there was worlds that we could see over everybody's head where they're at. Where are they at? Maybe some fellows... Yes, no, we won't go there. Because then I'd have to say some girl. Then I'd have to say... We want to think God's thoughts on what we're here for. Okay. He says, if you will believe and have faith, God can do anything for you. He said, the greatest thing that He can do for you now is to sweep into your soul. Into your soul into your soul and bring the presence of his being right back there to where every person is here what is my message my ministry is not that of a pastor or teacher and I if I said this wrong brother forgive me and I don't mean it but this is my ministry to declare him that he's here Behold, I send you Elijah the prophet before the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he shall turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. Brother Bram said in the latest in church age, we know these quotes. Now the messenger of Malachi 4, Revelation 10, 7, is going to do two things. According to Malachi 4, he will turn the hearts of the children to their fathers. Two, he will reveal the mystery of those seven thunders in Revelation 10, which are the revela- uh, revel- um, in Revelation 10, which are the revelation contained in the seven seals. It will be these divinely revealed mystery truths that literally will turn the hearts of the children to the Pentecostal fathers. An amazing statement. An amazing announcement. Amazing. And so now God is sending to us so that the word will flash. God, my prayer is this morning, may it ever flash in our lives. Can you stay with me a few minutes? We're going to dig down. Now roll up your sleeve. Under, in the fourth seal. Wait till them seven thunders utter their voices to that group who can really take the word of God and hand it there. Now I've already given you the quote way down the road. Because the, the quote that I said where Brother Branham's ministry, Malachi 4 will do two things, was out of the church age book. And it was at the end of the latest in church age. But now under the fourth seal, and I wasn't had the privilege to be even sitting there. 
But let me tell you, saints of God, it was going over a lot of people's heads. And here we are to 2018. And now I'm reading this quote the other day and I go, Oh my goodness, how many times have I gone through it and not read it? How many times have I read it and not read it? Wait to them seven thunders utter their voices. To that group who really can take the word of God and hand it there, it'll slice and cut. And they can close heaven. They can shut this, do that, whatever they want to do. Glory. Are we there? Just say, you might as well start saying his thoughts now. Forget your thoughts. Get into God's thoughts. We're going back to the thought of God. Oh, I can barely, I can barely get over this. Get over this. Don't let your little things become your big problems. Saints, we're to a place now where it's been prophesied. Here's a prophecy. Well, let me go back then. Okay. So that you don't get confused what the thunders are. Now, Laodicean church age. Now, the messenger of Malachi 4 and Revelation 10, 7 is going to do two things. One, according to Malachi 4, he's going to turn the hearts of the children to the fathers. Two, he will reveal the mysteries of the seven thunders in Revelation 10, which are the revelations contained in the seven seals. You can't get any simpler than that. It's not confusing and don't let it go over your head. That is a very simple quote. But what I'm saying to you is get in the seven seals. It will be these divine and mystery truths that will literally turn the hearts of the children back to the fathers. Praise God. So the high priest has his home in order. Amen. Amen. Mothers are in their place. Amen. Sisters are walking with the Lord. Young brothers, you're where you're supposed to be. Amen. We're mature people now. We're mature people. So now we understand then that those are the revelations contained. So then if you've been reading your seals book and you start seeing those revelations contained, remember, it didn't just stop at the, at the book. Everything after the book. Everything after that was opened was being opened to us. So it will be these divinely revealed mystery truths that literally turning the hearts of the children back to the faith of the fathers. But by the time I can barely get victory. You have not been reading what I'm reading. You have not been waiting in the presence of God. You are letting something else rob you of your position in Jesus Christ. Especially if it's laying right in the four seals. as wait till the seven thunders. Utter their voices to that group. I want to ask you, who's the group? I got to be, Henry. We got to be the group. We've been here the, so long. Been leaving for so long. 
That now when I read that, I got to say, I'm that group. I'm going to get Tom Ray's thought out of here. Think of those things that are true and pure and lovely. Malachi 4 will literally turn the hearts of the children. That's a pure thought. And that's why Satan wants to fight you on that. Wait to them seven thunders utter their voices to that group who really can take that word of God and hand it there. It'll slice? Yes. It will cut? Absolutely. And they can close heaven. They can close heaven. They can shut this, do that, whatever they want to do. Glory. (laughs) What a place of going back to the thought of God. I've come from God. I go back to God. I'm going back to what He thought of me. Now I know, I used to know in part, but now I shall know even as I'm known Roger the devil's shaking right now in his boots mm-hmm 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 not we will be come on Christ the mystery God revealed coming right down to the last pages you say you hear it all the time brother Tom not we will be but now we are the sons of God Amen, Sister Diana, Brother Claude. Amen. I appreciate those emails. God bless you. Let's turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. This will be my last message for a while, so you'll have to endure a little bit. (laughs) When brothers start pulling my coattails, I know when to stop, okay? Brother Tom, it's four o'clock. John's preaching at five. <laughs> oh, I yeah, love this. I've waited for this all my life. Sorry, folks. Since a little boy, I waited for Jesus to make himself real to me. And when he makes himself real to me, I'm not bored. I'm happy. Amen. I couldn't tell you who the famous soccer player is. I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you who the best baseball player is. But I'll tell you I know one thing. I know the one who holds the seven stars. That's the one I want to know. I've waited for this all my life. My deep has called for this all my life. And I'm not eating erasers. No, sir. I didn't come from this earth. I came from the mind of God. And that's why the book had to open so I could eat the book. Hallelujah. Are you in 2 Corinthians 3? Verse 2. You, ye are our epistles. Ye are our epistles written in our hearts, known and read of all men. For as much as ye are manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not in tables of stone, but in fleshly tables of the heart. And such... 
trust have we through Christ to God word. Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. Hallelujah! It's not the little woman that had anything. It was the word that sought her out. And her old ways died. Glory! And all things became new. Amen. There was no draw to go back to the pub. There was no draw to go back to that way of living. Her draw was Jesus. 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 Give me Jesus. People say we don't preach Jesus. What are they thinking? What are they thinking? If you don't have Jesus Christ, you have nothing. I'm sorry. Just because you come to church doesn't mean you're going to heaven. And there's a hell and there's a heaven. And you want to know about those both those places? Read Souls in Prison now. That will turn you around one way or another. You'll either find that you're going to a very, very, very bad place. Or you're going to a very, very, very good place. And I pray that you choose the good. So now we're manifestly, we're being manifestly, we're being manifest. Anybody know that word? I'm going to get fact checked, Kim. You can fact check me on this. I get fact checked at school. Boy, I got some real good facts for you fact check me. I know I'm going to get checked up on. We haven't got there yet. I'm saving it. So then if you are manifestly declared... You are written epistles, read and known of all men. You are manifestly declared. That manifest means you have now become visible. You're no mystery no more. You're becoming visible now. You were once not seen, but now visible. You're now a written epistle, read and known of all men. You were were always an epistle, but you hadn't been written yet. Because you haven't been born again yet. He had to write it on the fleshly tablets of your heart. You were a seed gene of God. And now you are being manifestly declared. That means in the, in the Greek, you fanaru, or become visible. Or meaning that you have come from the unseen, Aubrey, to the seen. I mean, who are you anyway? Where did you come from? Some state somewhere. What state was that? Montana. Now, who comes from Montana? Huh? Where's your dad? He's going to shoot me. Okay. Who comes from Montana? Huh? Seed? Does God know Montana, Texas? Does he know... Does he know... (laughs) I get myself in trouble. Missouri. I mean, Missouri. Man makes states. God speaks worlds. Man makes boundaries. God breaks boundaries. (laughs) Think about it. Think about it. And then the Word found you. Flash! Say, I'm not just Aubrey. I'm a daughter of God. Hallelujah. And then you were unseen, but now you're seen. 
You were once hidden. But now you're known. You're being declared. What are you being declared to? Why is God opening this up to all of us now? Why is all this happening? And you know over the last few years I've been preaching on act your age. Act your age in the age of the Son of Man. What's your part in the age of the Son of Man? In the days of the revealing of the Son of Man. Brother Bram said, and the mighty God unveiled before us. He said, now traditional veils, traditions of elders, and the word is broke through it. It's come in plain view. Deity again is unveiled in human flesh. Hebrews 1 said so. Also Genesis 18. You remember God was a man standing there eating and talking with Abraham and told Sarah who was doing in the tent behind her. And Jesus said, as it was in the days of Sodom, so shall be in the day or the coming of the Son of Man. Deity veiled again in human flesh. But the Bram goes on to say, now remember, Jesus didn't say when the Son of God is being revealed. Luke 17, or Luke 17 chapter. I believe about the 20 or 21st verse, somewhere along there, he said, and when the Son of Man is being revealed. The Son of Man is back in the church again. Revealed in human beings. This is what you've been born for, Josh. This is it. We have arrived. We are now there. We are coming to what God is calling us to. Pinch your spiritual selves. Pinch yourself. Wake me up to this. The Son of Man is back in the church again, revealed in human beings. Not Son of God, but Son of Man again. Back in His church again in the last days. We find He promised that in God's promises. Bram goes on to say, Invisible Union, that little germ that was predestinated to you is the Word coming on Word, on Word, on Word, on Word, coming into the full stature of God. We could probably put that quote up there and meditate on that one. All service. Mm-hmm. Because that is so, so good. And so, so, I mean good. What, what was good? <laughs> oh, that was good. What, what, what's good? It's, it's beyond awesome. So, you know, we're going to need a heavenly language to describe all this. The little germ that was predestinated in you you like this one, Victor. I've already read it, so you already got it. That little germ that was predestinated in you is the Word coming on Word, on Word, on Word, on Word, and come into full stature of God. <laughs> Glory! What is this message about? Just to know that Brother Branham is a prophet? I believe it's way past that, folks. Way past that. And if you're still there, I'm trying to pull your sled. 
That's right. Till you come into the full stature of Christ. That's right. So he can get his bride. Now we're ready for that one thing. The coming of the Lord. Indictment. I say unto you clergymen and you people. Jesus of Nazareth. The Holy Ghost. He is here in the person of the Holy Ghost. Which was the life that was in him. He is here working through his people and declaring himself by signs and wonders which he does. And there they hung him. Think about it. They hung him and hang him still today on their scientific walls of science. Think of it. He says, the word of God is a discerner of the thought and intent of the heart. The word of God is quick and powerful than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of joint and of the marrow. And is a discerner of the thought and intent of the heart. The word made flesh. Hallelujah. The word operating in human flesh by physical sign, by material sign, by scriptural sign, perfectly. To bring to you a perfect faith for a perfect rapture. Now, if that's the facts, which it is the facts, what are you doing with it? God has brought it to you. Yes, sir. Sirs, we would see Jesus, 1964. And there is one to the called out, the elected church, that uh, was showing the sign that God was in flesh. Jesus was God in flesh. And if Jesus is in you tonight, it's still God manifested himself in the last day. The Son of Man revealing himself in his church. The human flesh making himself known. You get it? Question mark. Do you get it? See, God down here in his church making himself again the word, the son of man revealed in his last days as it was in the days of Sodom. And if people don't get it, they're not, if they're not knowing that we're in Sodom, if they don't get this is Sodom, you'll never get the revelation of Elohim amongst the people. So then, Jesus was delivered a book. And he opened the book. And he found the place where it was written. And the Spirit of the Lord said, is upon me, he said in Luke 4 and 18. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the broken heart, to preach deliverance to the captive. And then I saw in the right hand, Revelation 5.1. A book closed. But it was given to who? Given to you. Not a closed book, but an opened book. And he hath anointed us to live out our part in this last age. So the word is a discerner of the thought and death of the heart. Do we got that? And many times, many people have, have, have listened to the prayer lines or the, after the service. 
And he says, if I've spoken the truth, then God will come down and confirm what I said. He's here. Now, who's here? And people were still missing it. But to the predestinated, the word flashed. Mrs. Little, you believe that God will give you the victory over the diabetes? There's a woman sitting beside you. I, I don't know you, but the Spirit's upon her. She's worried about, she's got a child, and she has to have an operation for the eye or something. She's from Chicago, and there's another lady sitting next row to you that has an eye, needs an eye operation. Not, didn't do too well. You believe it'll be all right? Oh, I see another lady losing her food. She's somewhere. Somewhere. Let, 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 me, let me try and find... Oh, Miss Lou Ellen. Brother Bram said, I don't know who you are. But God does. She believes with all her heart. Your, struggle, your, st- your stomach probably will leave you. There's a lady across here looking at me right now. Now, how many times was this done? Brother Bram said to Brother Ed, when he was in the truck, Brother Eddie, he's come to me 10,000 times, 10,000 times. So as we've been saying over the last few services, the vindication, as we looked it up in the Hebrew, the vindication was the claiming. Many people saw the vindication of this, but it didn't do anything for them. But to the redeemed, that vindication was God claiming you because you were saying that couldn't be man, that has to be God, and He's claiming you. So now God's claimed you by that vindication. For others, it just went over their head, didn't mean anything to them. To us, we saw it word. Malachi 4, God fulfilling His word. Others don't see it. Others see it. Why? I've come from God, Brother Frank. And we're going back to God. Oh my, there's that little lady sitting there with arthritis. It was in your left hand. It was. It is now. (laughs) That's my God. And God confirms His word with signs following. Hallelujah. Amen. So then when Brother Bram said questions and answers in, first says, uh, uh, in, in Corinthians, when that which is perfect has come, that which is in part shall be done away with. So all these little things of jumping up and down like a kid trying to talk in tongues and all these things, when that which is perfect, and we do have today, by God's help, the perfect interpretation of the word with divine vindication. Amen, Richard. Amen. Amen. So when that which is perfect has come, or when that which is perfect has come is made known. Now, I've got a question on that. I get to that tonight about that when it happens and the seals are open. I challenge you to believe that Jesus Christ is revealed in the form of the Son of Man in human flesh through His bride's body. I challenge you to believe. I challenge you to believe it. That's Brother Bram's words. He says, I challenge you to believe it. Isn't this an incredible journey? How did... Sister Victoria, I know you're a songwriter. 
You can start, start writing songs about the revealing of the Son of Man becoming the Word made flesh in me. You can, Mike, come on, we got some songwriters coming now. He's the same yesterday, today and forever. Jesus is alive and well. Okay. <laughs> what an injury. What a journey, eh? What a journey. Just think. We got stuck together. Isn't that a great journey? I think that's great. People think stuck is, is, is the wrong word. It's great to me. If you take it wrong, don't take it wrong. Take it right. I got stuck with you and you got stuck with me. This is a good thing. This is a good thing. Because if you're an eternal thought and I'm an eternal thought, I don't want to say anything bad about your eternal thought. Are you kidding me? But this is an incredible journey. Incredible? Let me show you a couple of incredible journeys, if you don't mind. We got time for it? I, I thought these were pretty incredible. I think we've got to show it up top. I, I didn't get a printout. Yeah, you better show it to me up there so I know what you people are looking at back here. Because I know you're looking over my head. Does anybody know who that crane is? I'm looking. <laughs> you do, dear? That's incredible. Because I didn't. I don't even know how to say the word. I asked Joanna to come down to my study today. I said, honey, how do I say that word? These are just, remember we took the flowers and everything like that? You know how we're talking about the incomprehensible God? You know, these, these are, how did we say that, sweetie? How did we say? Dumoiselle. <laughs> it's French. <laughs> They're from Mongolia. <laughs> they migrate from Mongolia grasslands. I'm, from, I'm sorry, from Mongolia to the grasslands of India. These are, these are just birds. These are just cranes that I've never seen before in my life. But there's a lot of things I haven't seen before in my life. So let's go to the next slide. You know, they made on the other side of the Himalaya mountains. They'll fly so high where there's no oxygen. And when there's no oxygen for them to fly and the air current isn't right, you know what? They got to start all over. They go back. And they go again. And again, instinct. Or shall we say, Holy Spirit. They go up over the highest mountain ranges in the world so that they can get to the other side. You talk about an incredible journey. We say, well, that's incredible. They got to wait till the wind conditions are right. They got to wait till everything's right. And then they're like, okay, these are just, just old cranes flying up the mountain. Can't make it. They go back down. And you know what? You know what? You know what? They don't quit. If they quit, there wouldn't be a Dalmelsonel crane. Something in them drives them. 
This is a crane you've never met yet. Yet. Did you get that? You will meet him one day. Don't worry. So that's an incredible journey, isn't it? <laughs> the highest mountain, by the way. The highest, it's got to go over Everest, got to go over all, all the Himalayan mountains, whatever that is, to get over to India. So it can have a chick. And if they don't make it the first, second, third, fourth, tenth, hundredth, they are going to make it. This is a crane. Next. Did you, anybody know who a, a barred tail godwit is? This is the first time you've seen this? These are birds. The barred tail godwit begins life in northern Alaska. The parents leave them alone. Long gone. And when they migrate, they end up 6,800 miles away to the spot they're supposed to be in New Zealand. Who told them to go there? It's mind-boggling. They don't have the parents saying, come on, kids, come on. Come on, we can do it. The parents leave them alone. And they have to find their own way. So you tell me how they can be born up in Alaska and end up in New Zealand. Where they're supposed to be. I would say, God. (laughs) You can go home and over lunch and eat your roast beef and say, You know what? I actually saw what a barred-tailed Godwit was. I'm 63 years old and it took me this time to find out what a barred tail Godwit was. Next. Oh, I love this little guy. The Arctic Turn. The Arctic Turn. What does it say there? Immigration. His immigration. Immigration. (laughs) I hope he got it stamped right. Migration. I was thinking of somebody. It's from the North Pole to the South Pole. He travels 70,000 kilometers, or for those that don't know what kilometers are, 43,400. So in his lifetime, he travels 2.4 million kilometers. The equivalent of three trips to the moon and back. That's a bird. That's a bird. If he didn't make the travel, there wouldn't be another bird. So something had to tell him to go from north to south and have the ability to do it. Come on. Let's stay on the spiritual side with the natural side here. If a bird can do it. Right. 
Do I have another slide? I can't remember. Oh, of course, the sooty shearwater. The, these are unknown birds that were unseen, now becoming seen. <laughs> Nothing compared to these sooty shearwater birds. These birds, which are based in New Zealand, fly 40,000 miles each year to reach their seasonal feeding grounds the coastal California, Alaska, and Japan. And some even clock 620 miles in a single day. The city shearwater bird. I'm amazed. Are you amazed yet? Is this incomprehensible yet? Is this so wonderful yet? Next. There's the migration. Get in your boat and paddle. <laughs> Nathan, we're almost there. And they're doing 620 miles a day. It's incredible. God's incredible. Don't tell me the Lord Jesus Christ is not incredible. Next slide, please. Brother Ram said, leading of the Holy Spirit. The only thing God said, come out, Abraham. And we read this at our opening. We're getting ready to close. Going into a land, and he was looking for a city whose builder and maker was God. Now, if that was what he would refer to in this natural life would be, I say instinct. You wouldn't, you would call, you wouldn't naturally call it, but we call it the leading of the Holy Spirit. God called him out from among the people out of the land and into his own homeland from his people to dwell in a strange land professing that he was a pilgrim and stranger and seeking a city. I, we call it instinct in the natural. Let's call it the Holy Spirit. Brother Mark that gets a hold of you, gets a hold of your wife, gets a hold of your family. Leave your kids alone. They'll find their way. Oh, was that the city? Or who was that? The bar tail. Okay. Next slide, please. And the message shows the Father and this will suffice us. Oh God, He's everywhere. If by instinct God can lead a possum to a place to be prayed for, how much more can he, a man and a woman, who is made in his universe, God's in, God's in his birds, God's in his people, God's in his word, God's in his son, God's in his creation. He's everywhere and God is here today. Glory! Where is he, Brother Tom? He's in you and he's in me and he's revealing himself once again. Written epistles, written known of all men, manifestly declared, unseen now becoming seen. 
I say to God be the glory great things he has done. This if the half of it. You can go into the Serengeti. You can go into the wildebeest. You can go into the elephants. You can go into great whales. And they migrate. And they migrate. And they migrate. And they migrate. And then all of a sudden they say we're crazy. When we say I've come from God. I'm migrating. I'm migrating. We're migrators. Hallelujah. Some from New Zealand, some from Alaska, some from South America. We are in our migration. If a bird can be in it, if a whale can be in it, an elephant can be in it, surely the sons of God. Glory. God in me flashes. And Satan says, you won't make it. I tell you, devil, I take authority over you this morning. I'm letting you know there's a revealing common place. This is the hour to vindicate Malachi 4. By you walking, by you living, by you having victory over the devil each day, every hour, you are vindicating this message is the truth. That's the Father's business. I must be about my Father's business. What is the Father's business, Brother Bram said? To vindicate Luke 17.30. To vindicate Malachi 4. What are we doing? We're claiming Him as ours. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sister Sarah, I don't know how they do it down at Benny Perry's way, but I'm sure there'd be a few jumping around here. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. I'm in my immigration. I'm a bar-tailed. I'm a domicilum cream. I'm going up the rough side of the mountain. I'm going up the rough side of the mountain. And that mountain... It's going to be made plain. <laughs> Glory! Can you see, are you really that crazy? Well, I don't know why we wouldn't believe that I'm going back from the very place where I came from. Birds do it. Elephants do it. Great whales do it. Tunas do it. A tuna goes 6,200 miles. And we only have to go seven to church. I mean, I shouldn't say that here. We're here, aren't we? (laughs) Doesn't mean nothing to me. Woohoo! You're missing it. This is the revelation of the revealing of the Son of Man. This is God being revealed in bride form. Oh, my, oh, my, oh, my. Are you happy? Amen. And you know it, clap your hands. <laughs> Glory! <clears throat> Praise the Lord, Nathan. Praise the Lord. I'm not a turn. I'm not an object turn. Right? 
You mean, you know how boring that would be? Three, I got to go to the moon three times? <laughs> That's a long ways. Man's only done it once. And, and God makes these, the creation to show man. God's in the universe. God's in animals. God's in creation. God's in man. And they say, but you take it too far. What is that in that bird that makes them want to do that? Driving them. Driving them. No quit in them, Sally. Not a quitting bone in their body. People say, I give up. Really? Art the turns don't? I can't even say those names. The city. Shearwater. Ah, thanks for reminding me. Flying 620 miles a day. How far is that now? How far is Tacoma? How many miles is that? Oh, a couple hundred miles? Three times that a day? All he's doing is flapping his wings. All you have to do is eat the book. All you have to do is eat the word. Amen. Amen. And we're going to pass the moon like that. That's what Brother Bram said. We're going to pass the moon like that. He said, don't you feel that strange call? A strange call in a bird. In things that are to be. It was a strange call for them. How does he know? His mom and dad left him alone. He wakes up and says, hey mom. Hey, Dad! Where are they? He's got to fend for himself. Nobody taught him how to eat. Nobody told him how to do anything. And then he says, Hey, I think I'll go for a flight. He doesn't end up in Mexico. He ends up in New Zealand where he's supposed to be. Oh, hi, Mom! (laughs) Hi, Dad! Huh? And that's what happened. We're going to have a nice, wonderful camp. And when your children come back, say, Now I know what you're talking about. Amen. Let them feed. Yes. Let them eat. Amen. Pray for them. Yes. They'll come back. Yes. If it can happen to a bird, it can happen to an eagle. Yes. Amen. And if they can go back to where they're supposed to be, I can go back to where I'm supposed to be. I'm supposed to be in the rapture. I'm supposed to be in the future home. Amen. And I'll go over mountains. I'll go over plains. I'll cross through rivers. But I'm going home. Who wants to come with me? Hallelujah. Just think about it. Birds do it. Whales do it. Fishes do it. Crabs do it. On, on Christmas Island, it's a, it's, it's a phenomena. All these crabs got to go five miles to the ocean. Who tells the crab he's got to go? Who told you when that flash came? That was God telling you something, Jonas. This is nothing but the truth. Nothing but the truth. And you say, well, Sister Hattie Wright got her two sons. God gave you your salvation. God gave you a wife. You said the right thing. Come on. Stay with me. 
He said, you're always looking to say the right thing. You know when you said the right thing? I surrender all. You know when you said the right thing? Jesus, come into my life. You said the right thing. And now you've come to this day. Ask anything in my name believing. And you shall have what you ask. This is our day. This is our hour. This is our time. Bride, stand to your feet and say, I claim it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's stand. Let's stand. We'll continue part two when we get back. God bless you, Michael. So nice to see you, Brother Mark. I'm sure you'll have a fantastic report. When I guess it's a week after camp, so yeah, we'll see it vicariously or through the great thing called the internet. Do you love them? Yeah. Andy, I love you. I do. I, when you passed me the other day, now you're growing a beard again on me. Are you? Is that a new one or is that a. He walked by me and I said, Who's that new man? You know, I love the family of God. And, and, and they, who could else put the love of that in us for one another but God Himself? And so when you give a sister a hug, sister to sister, brother to brother, mean it. Mean it. Because we're stuck. We're not stuck, stuck. <laughs> How can I say it better? Stuck, stuck. Because <laughs> we all were glued. I thought of that too. Super glued. But God called us together. And you should see some of the beauty of God's creation. And when they all come together, they start swarming. They start doing their swarm. At a certain time of year, they start swarming. And when that swarming takes place, they know it's mating time. Glory. Hallelujah. What's the song, Derek? Our God is trimming. <laughs> See, we planned that before he left. <laughs> you mind singing that with me? Can you appreciate you've come from God? Going back to God? Amen. And if an Arctic turn can do it, you can do it. If a sooty... See, you got it. <laughs> sure water can do it, I can do it. If a crane can go over the mountains, I can go over any mountain. Because I got God in me. God being revealed. God now being unveiled. Oh, when I'm in need, I call on the
I think I'm a city. I hope I'm a city. <laughs> I'm a son of God. Oh, man. The best parts are yet to come. And, I, and now I understand. Brother Bram says, oh, I just got a few more notes there. And every time he says, I think I'll shut it down. I'm going, no, 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 no. Read those notes. <laughs> Write them. Because <laughs> right? whatever he did up to that point was phenomenal. 
I just trust the Holy Spirit took what was there into another message just in a different form but he said in the rising of the sun he became me that I might become him now he became a sinner that I might become a son amen and I now hold that abstract amen holding it no lean against me and I own everything that's on it. So when I'm in trouble, I call on His name. When you're in need this morning, just call on His name. Maybe there's somebody that's burdened this morning and says, I need the Holy Spirit to lift that burden from me. And you're willing in the presence of God just to bow your head and say, Lord, that's me. Lord, would you lift my burden? Would you lift that need off of me? I know I've come from God and I'm going back to God. There might be a tornado i got to fly through. There might be a mountain I might have to fly over. There might be some predators that are after me. But I've been called to reach my destination. And there's nothing that's going to stop me from reaching it this morning. And so I say, God bless your hands around this assembly. May the Holy Spirit anoint you, inspire you, lift that great burden off of you. Give you your victory in the Holy Spirit. May the Holy Spirit, that strange call, that instinct, start driving you to your final destination. We're on our last lap. Heavenly Father, with the heads bowed, hands raised, hearts lifted up, different needs are here. I pray that the great baptizer himself will come in your own special way, Lord. Feed your sheep and break the bread. You know our need, Lord, and each one so individual. But I pray, Father, you'll speak so individually to each and every heart, Lord, that they can rise, rise above their situation. And Lord, trust in God, this mighty God that has called them in this great, incredible journey. Bless them now, we pray, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Well, since we spoke on the birds, let's end with a bird song. Not the swan song. (laughs) It's the last song. Let's sing, I'll set my wings. Let's sing it. There are two roads. This is our closing song. Let's take. Oh God, help us take the one by faith. Take the word of God. And what you see. about it now. What's your need? What's your need? And 
watch your cry and watch your mountain must not anymore saints speak the word of God and by and by it will move glory oh you will fly just set your wings through the wind of faith you can fly do not struggle and it's by grace Oh, I love him this morning. Watch the eagle. Just watch the eagle in the sky. He does not struggle. Come on, eagles. He does not struggle. For the power that makes him Watch your knee. Watch your knee. This is the closing now, saints. This is when God wants to meet your knee. You've heard the word. God confirm it now. It's much too. This is what we're preaching about. Just speak the word of God. And by and by. Yes, sir. bless you. God give you a wonderful camp this week. Maybe we'll see each other in the rapture. Wouldn't that be the greatest thing that ever happened to us? Maybe this is the wind up. Maybe this is the going home time. May God bless you all. Bless your homes. Bless your families. Bless these young ones. May they rise up to be great warriors of faith. May God use you, young men, to start climbing our mountains that we've climbed. So we're more than able to do it. We can do it. We can do it. God bless you. 
until we meet again. Afraid already, why don't you turn around and greet one another? Okay, the counselors, I believe there's a chapel meeting right after this. Everybody's closed. God bless you. Start soaring. Set your